Hi there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another journey into the world of unique aquariums from a different point of view. Today I want to talk to you about something I see uh, in the hobby. I see it online quite a bit, actually, and it's mostly where I see it. I see it in person too, but typically online. It's a phenomenon that arose yeah, probably the last 15 or 20 years since uh, online forums became the thing. And one of the great things about the hobby, don't get me wrong, um, because this is kind of a negative thing, but one of the great things about the hobby is the people in it. The culture that we developed is just embrace the idea of sharing and disseminating information and experience, which is amazing. Yet with all the feel-good stuff, there is sort of a dark side out there. Explain this, Scott. Okay, I will. If you've been around the block a few times in the hobby, you'll often hear hobbyists dispensing, you know, typical words of aquatic wisdom to pretty much anybody who needs it. You know, stuff like, you need to quarantine new uh, fish purchases, use common sense when you're stocking an aquarium, perform regular water changes, etc., 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 all that kind of stuff. It forms the religion of our hobby, core beliefs or unshakable truths that we pass on to everybody who joins our ranks here. It's fundamental knowledge, which we all feel you need to have at least a good working knowledge of to obtain some level of success in the hobby. It's a beautiful thing that so many are willing to help out their fellow fish geeks by disseminating this wisdom. It's a real testimony uh, to the quality of the people in the aquatic world. Now, interestingly enough, you'll also see a large number of people out on hobby forums, websites, etc. passing on wisdom, I use that in air quotes, that might be of dubious accuracy and origin, or at the very least information that may be generalized and passed on without personal experience in the given area. That's a taboo thing to me. Classic examples of, uh, of that are things like, you can't keep that fish alive, or if you use that technique, you'll have this problem in your tank. And often this advice is you know, dispensed with such authority and confidence that a typical hobbyist won't even question it. Now, the scary part is that some of this advice is dispensed by a casual hobbyist with limited or, again, even no experience whatsoever in the given area. Advice based on third-party experiences, you know, don't use that filter. This guy up in New York had one of those and it said it nuked his entire tank or sweeping generalizations. And this was in the reef hobby years ago. Deep sand beds will crash your tank. That was real popular. Or just anecdotal evidence. Catapa leaves and garlic uh, extract cure ick. You know, stuff where you're hyperinflating claims based on what. And then even stuff that's outright hearsay. You can't keep, insert your favorite fish here, long term. Those kind of things can really do harm to the hobby, in my opinion, because what they do is they discourage progression and even the desire to try new things. Yet, you see it all the time. And I call this the process of regurgitation, meaning the dispensing of advice in an authoritative manner without the personal experience or depth of knowledge to back it up. Although the intention might be good, the result is often that an interested person is chastised to the point where they're discouraged or even intimidated about testing what might even be a well-thought-out theory or a new idea on how to do something. And trust me, getting flamed and bashed on forums and basically pummeled into submission by the, quote, establishment is not good for the hobby. And it happens far more often than you think. I personally experienced this a couple times over the years. Most recently was when I launched Tannin about almost five years ago now. I was warned by, quote, experienced hobbyists. By the way, I've been in the hobby since I was like four, literally, and I'm in my fifth well, I'm in several decades of life. I'm in my fifth decade of life, so do the math. I think I'm experienced. But anyway, I was warned by so-called experienced people that you can't maintain low pH blackwater aquariums long term. You know, that working with leaves and other botanicals is a reckless, dangerous practice and that you'll have stability issues, pH crashes, and eventual death. Now, again, 
I realized that on the surface, stuff like warning people about the potential issues with stuff like this is important. However, to flat out dismiss ideas without consideration of procedures, practice, safety measures, best practices that have been established by people like us that work in this stuff, it's just, well, it's irresponsible. It's, it's actually kind of dumb. Sure, it's good advice to discourage the guy with a toddler to refrain from creating a touch tank full of electric eels in his living room. Or for the outright beginner from starting out with a group of rare and delicate wild discus. Those are like no-brainers. We know that. No one wants to see a fellow hobbyist get hurt, to see him fail, or to kill helpless animals. At least no one who's a decent human being. And what I'm referring to here is the outright dismissal of creative hobby thinking. It's a hypocrisy in my opinion. I mean, progression requires that some initial pioneers take some risks. It's always been that way. Um, how do we progress without a few people making the decision to take that risk and try something seen by the general hobby establishment as risky or impossible? Just because, well, that's the way everybody does it, or it's always been done that way, doesn't mean that it's right. It just doesn't. Think about it. It really wasn't all that long ago that the concept of breeding some fishes, like, for example, the black ghost knifefish, one of my personal favorites, was considered a pipe dream. Now, almost every weekend, somewhere in the world, you could find captive-bred specimens at the local fish store at a really reasonable price. This is amazing when you consider that a fish like this was once nearly impossible to acquire, and breeding them was just out of the question, let alone generations of captive breeding. It's amazing. Remember when the idea of you know rearing a clutch of discus or L-number plecos was considered at the very least, a shaky undertaking, you know, something that's really, really difficult. Not anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. It seems like you can find a dedicated basement reader doing great work. <clears throat> that's the benefits of an early morning, by the way. You have to clear your throat. It seems like pretty much every weekend, uh, you know, you see these fishes, and it seems like you can always find a dedicated basement reader doing great work almost everywhere. Not that the rearing of larval fishes is no big deal. I mean, it still excites everybody. But the frequency with which this stuff is done is really amazing. And it's a testimony to what we're all doing and how we've advanced in the hobby and the risks we've taken. Consider coral propagation. That's an arena that I came from. Once it was considered a novelty. The art, the science, and the technique of coral propagation has gone from just like this risky, scary, crazy thing to really a multi-million dollar business. Coral frags are a staple in the hobby. And thanks to advances in equipment, food, husbandry techniques, and just good old hobbyist tenacity and ingenuity, many practices in the hobby that were formerly thought of as impossible are just about routine. My oversimplified point here is that there's always someone who has to be the first to accomplish something great. Someone who can overlook the negativity and the smack that, you know, that arises so you can fly in the face of convention while taking the road less traveled. That's how we progress. That's how we'll continue to progress in this hobby. Where would we be if an intrepid hobbyist like the great Rosario Lacorda, who I actually had the pleasure of meeting several years ago when I was out in New Jersey, um, what if a guy like him heeded the ceaseless admonitions not to mess around with Tetras and annual Achilles back in the day, I mean way back in the day? Not only did his tenacity and courage help unlock the secrets of their husbandry, it led to captive breeding and larval rearing of species once thought to be nearly impossible to breed in captivity. And more important... His work inspired a new generation of hobbyists to follow his lead for the benefit of both the hobby and the animals that we cherish so much. Now, I'm not advocating the abandonment of reason and common sense. Everyone should just not throw down their iPad and rush out to buy a school of rare trophies or full-grown pakus or delicate brackish water pipefish for the 50-gallon community tanks filled with tap water. No, no, no. What I am pushing is that we, and by we I mean every one of us in the hobby, 
We should encourage those who want to responsibly experiment and question conventional wisdom to follow their dreams. If someone has a plan, a theory, and some basic good hobby experience, what's wrong with that? Yes, there is the sad fact that some animals might be lost in the process. It's really hard to reconcile that. I get it. And it's harder to stand by when animals are dying. Yet, sadly, that might be the cost of uh, progress. I mean, it's a challenge. It's scary. But the cost of not progressing, not experimenting, might be far higher. Think about it. The loss of countless species in the wild whose habitats are being destroyed every year. While those of us with some skills, some dreams, and respect for those animals sit by idly watching them perish, failing to even attempt captive husbandry and propagation, you know, for fear of criticism and failure. Who knows what populations might soon only exist swimming in our tanks? We've already seen this with some species. Who knows what opportunities might be missed if we fail to at least try to pursue our goals? Think about that the next time you have the urge to shoot someone else's idea to try a different approach. Then think about the future of the hobby, the reefs, and even mankind himself. Let's continue to express concern if something seems irresponsible and pass on our suggestions and ideas based on our personal experiences. But however, let's also try to make a concentrated effort to encourage those with a logical plan to pursue it. Let's not simply toe the party line and march to the drumbeat of conventional wisdom at the exclusion of any rational thought or personal experience. Ditch that dangerous hypocrisy of simply regurgitating what everyone says. And most of all, let's continue to share. Stay brave. Stay curious. Stay experimental. Stay original. Stay honest. And most important of all, stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Thelman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. Looking forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.